Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. Here's our case. Okay, everybody, this is uh, Dakota. He's a three-and-a-half-year-old male. He's awoken with diffuse abdominal pain. According to mom, he vomited about five times. Some of that was productive. Um, has a rash on the anterior chest. He was lethargic when we got there, since we've been there with him and through the transport. Now crying, as you can see. Um, lung sounds were clear, as far as we could tell. Uh, we then noticed O2 sats dropping and had cyanosis around the lips. So we put him on O2. He's uh, one o he, he had no previous fever, now 102.3 rectal. Um, mom and extended family are out here, so just FYI. GCS at 10, BP 100 over 60. Pulse of 120, 97% on the O2. And uh, no allergies, no meds, had not been sick for the past couple days. Any questions? Anybody, I know it was a lot. He's kind of crunking on us. Okay? Thank you. All right, same case as last week. We've already talked about general peds. We've talked about peds exam. And last week, we stepped it up a few levels and kicked off our series on the approach to a sick child. When everybody's sphincters are tight and something is wrong with a pediatric patient, fall back on your mnemonic. Oh, shit. Grab the Brasla. And we're going step by step through this, starting this week with the O. O stands for give oxygen and consider your respiratory, airway, and breathing emergencies. On this step, the main thing that you absolutely must remember is oxygen. Now, like adults, you aren't giving oxygen until the O2 saturation is 105%. That's bad. We're just trying to get it into the 90s. But the thing with kids is that it's the hypoxia that kills them. That's why it's so important, especially in kids, to consider starting that oxygen up front. A big valve mask, a nasal cannula, something. After that, go through your respiratory differential. Under respiratory, there are 10 diagnoses to know, five common airway disorders, and five common breathing disorders. All are included under O, starting with the five airway emergencies. Foreign body, peritonsillar abscess, bacterial tracheitis, epiglottitis, and retropharyngeal abscess. We'll start with foreign body. Classically, you get that squeaky upper airway strider sound like croup, but in this case, it is associated with a choking episode. In reality, literally half the time, the parents don't remember the choking episode. So keep a high suspicion for this and consider doing a chest x-ray. If you do do a chest x-ray, don't be surprised that a lot of foreign bodies won't show up because they are radiolucent. But you can still see weird, indirect chest x-ray things that clue you in. For example, the object can act like a ball valve and create a lung lobe that looks expanded compared to the other side or collapsed and atelectatic compared to the other side. It's not 100% sensitive, but a solid first step to diagnosing foreign body with definitive diagnosis being bronchoscopy if your suspicion is high enough. And then there are our final four 
airway emergencies. I kind of lump them together. Peritonsillar abscess visible in the mouth, bacterial tracheitis hidden in the airway, epiglottitis hidden above the airway, and retropharyngeal abscess hidden behind the airway. These are all toxic-looking kids that are classically doing weird things with their throat, like drooling, or they have a weird voice, or they can't turn their neck. With the exception of peritonsillar abscesses that you can see on exam and drain, and happens in older kids, the other three are hidden away. So the test is going to show you a neck x-ray, and they're going to want you to keep the kid calm, start some IV antibiotics, and focus on controlling that airway. Then we'll move on to our breathing lung-related emergencies. Again, we have five. First is bronchiolitis. Classically RSV, but not always. Bronchiolitis is a viral upper respiratory infection that causes a ton of boogers and snot and respiratory distress and hypoxia in babies and infants. It's really common in the winter. And our job in the ED is to work as a team to boldly face this annual viral apocalypse and dispo these kids as fast as possible into or out of the hospital. Think of bronchiolitis as a stampede of badly breathing booger babies. And your job is to make order out of the chaos. About one out of 100 of these kids go into respiratory failure and die. And so your job is to figure out who. So who's high risk? Kids that are high risk are premature. They're less than two months old and they have other medical issues. They'll have lots of retractions on exam. They'll be persistently hypoxic. Maybe they, they can't even feed because their nose is all plugged up. And those kids come into the hospital, but the rest can go home. We see a ton of this. As far as treatments, it's a viral infection. So no antibiotics by far. The best treatment is probably deep suctioning out all of those boogers, oxygen to keep them above 90%, and maybe, maybe a trial of some albuterol or a breathing treatment, maybe. But really, the emphasis is on things we don't do. With bronchiolitis, no chest x-rays, no steroids, no continuous pulse ox, no antibiotics, no getting carried away with breathing treatments or anything like that. Keep it really simple with bronchiolitis. Admit, discharge, stick to the basics. Our second breathing emergency is asthma. Asthma still kills kids. Now, we've done a full episode on this in the past, so I'm going to save some time here. But in a sick asthma patient, you're calling respiratory, you're grabbing that chest x-ray, and then you're starting your asthma treatments, albuterol, hypertropium, and steroids is your core, and then your fallbacks are magnesium, ketamine, and IV epinephrine. Third, croup, a virus. Again, it's this barky cough, stridery, upper airway, squeaky breathing. You treat this with a steroid and maybe nebulized or racemic is called epinephrine to decrease that swelling and inflammation. Always steroids, plus or minus, racemic epi. Fourth is pneumonia. I will say that we have a tendency to over-test for this in well-appearing kids with obvious bronchiolitis or obvious asthma. 
In a sick kid, though, pneumonia is definitely on the differential, and you need a chest X-ray. High fevers, toxic appearance, abnormal pediatric assessment triangle, or maybe not sick-looking, but unimmunized kids who haven't had that two-month set of shots yet. You're getting a chest X-ray to look for pneumonia, which you treat with antibiotics, obviously. And then our last breathing diagnosis, cystic fibrosis. This is really institution-dependent. Kids with cystic fibrosis show up commonly at peds hospitals because they know their way around the system, but they don't really show up that much in community hospitals. Really, not much to do in the ED other than admit and get things moving in the right direction, but you basically do supportive stuff like bronchodilators and nebulized saline, BiPAP, antibiotics, and you admit. Those are your five breathing emergencies. And overall, these are the 10 diagnoses to remember under O. Foreign body, peritonsillar abscess, bacterial tracheitis, epiglottitis, and retropharyngeal abscess, bronchiolitis, asthma, croup, pneumonia, cystic fibrosis. Oh, start that oxygen. That wraps up this episode. So high yield, testable material, no matter what your training level is. Check out Roshcast again this week if you want to do some review questions on this material. I've been getting a lot of emails saying that people are really liking the co-op that we've been doing, so check out Roshcast again. Until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.